Hi, I'm Bob Crawford from the Avid Brothers, and the podcast you're listening to is part of the Osiris Network, a global community connecting passionate music fans with podcasts about music, artists, and culture. For more information about all the shows in our network, please visit OsirisPod.com. Osiris. Welcome in to episode 77 of The Bluest Tape. I'm Harvey Couch, alongside... Jeff Pola. And thanks for joining us as we take our somewhat weekly journey through the live catalog <laughs> of Widespread Panic. Um, Jeff, uh, it feels like it's been a minute since we've talked. It has. I enjoy how our 2018 started off with us doing this every week, and then it turned into... Well, maybe once a week is too many, and then it was like two a month, and now it's like uh, like one a quarter or something. It seems yeah. like <laughs> I mean, in our defense, I think we went like you know the first sixty some weeks. You know, we were pretty much like clockwork. It's pretty um, impressive that we kept it together that long for every week. Yeah, I think I personally, everybody's got you know maybe this is sort of like our season one break. You know what I mean? Or we just we did the first two seasons and now we just need a little. But I, I'm feeling refreshed. I'm kind of ready to get back at it. Um, I will tell you the the moment where I was like, ah, you know, uh, was when we we met up in Nashville and you your buddy and friend of the pod, Bob was there at, at Southern grist. And he's like, you know, I can't keep up. You got, it's too many. Once a week is too many. You guys need to slow down. And I was like, I got that. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> that is permission to not do it every week. So sold. Thanks, Bob. Um, Thanks. Yeah, Bob. Appreciate yeah. it, Bob. Um, but I hope that everybody's, uh, you know, I didn't, get, we didn't, I didn't get, I got a couple that were like, Hey, everybody, everybody. Okay. But not too many complaints. I think folks have, you know, have got plenty of content to get through. So, um, I think everybody's, uh, plowing through the numerous other podcasts, the daily and, uh, there's a new serial out. Um, uh, mm-hmm. there's a great podcast, uh, by the people that did dirty John called Dr. Death. About well, I haven't a, done that, but I a, do love dirty John. Yeah. Uh, neurosurgeon. There was a new slow burn, new you slow know, burn, the, the yep. Lewinsky slow burn, and yeah, yeah, well, it's, lots of content, ooh, lots We're of content out there. Um, not to mention all the fantastic podcasts on the Osiris Podcast Network, and sure. those guys, you know, obviously the Fish folks have been doing lots of interesting things recently, and I want to, I want to hope to meet up with those guys. There's a conference in DC that I try to go to every year in March. And I met up with a couple of those guys last year. We went to the Golden Gate Wingmen show uh, at the Hamilton, which is awesome. And I'm going to try to meet up with them again this year. And as it turns out, my conference is the week after the, the panic weekend at the uh, MGM National Harbor. Um, so I actually bought tickets to the Sunday show. What? Wow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I'm Man, gonna, you are I got, back on the bus. Let's not go too far here, but I am, I will, I will get on the bus, you know, for a couple stops every once in a while. And, uh, so yeah, a buddy of mine that lives up in Baltimore is a, he's a big dead 
fan, but I think he's been, you know, interested to see the, the panic thing. So he was, he jumped at it. And so we're going to go to the, assuming I go to this conference, which I should, um, I'm going to go to the Sunday show at the, uh, at the MGM, which is St. Patrick's day, which should be fun. Mm, nice. So, um, yeah, but anyway, you didn't, you know, tune in to listen to uh, us talk about our personal um, schedules, but you know, it's somewhat related, right? Absolutely. Um, we, we are going to have two more episodes this year. Um, we're doing this episode, uh, which is going to be sort of our year in review, quote unquote. And then uh, our final episode of the year is going to be a, um, a Fox theater in Atlanta uh, sort of retrospective. So you'll have those two to look forward to. And then uh, we'll get things going uh, in the new year. But um, Jeff, you sort of had a, had a thought for what, what the, uh, the philosophy of, of this year in review episode uh, was. And uh, I want to hear you talk about that, but also thought, you know, one of the things that we do on the pod is sort of make recommendations about things that we've, run into obviously it's been a little while but uh you know seeing as how it's the year in review uh episode um maybe you know pick out one single thing that we you know that was a uh you know a big impact i guess maybe on us or you know uh, a discovery or rediscovery of something that that you had this year so um what was your what was your uh choice for this year's recommendation well i'm trying i was trying to think of something that <clears throat> consistently brought me joy and didn't ever uh bring about harm bring bad feelings uh something that you know i look forward to on a weekly basis when it's in the season so i'm gonna go with the simply incredible TLC reality show 90 Day Fiance <laughs> which I kid you not Harvey and the listening public if you know there's that show Hoarders that's on and you know my wife says if you ever want to feel better about yourself watch Hoarders that's not really that's true but Hoarders there's always this dark sort of disturbing element and it's gross sometimes and you you, know, you start to feel bad for the people because they clearly a lot of them clearly have a mental illness and of course I would put myself in the category that is like right up on the line of hoarding I still have that discernment of you know and my house is clean ish uh -huh. but 90 right. Day Fiance for those of you that don't know what it is, if you it uh, features an American and a foreign national who meet either online or while on vacation or other circumstances, and then they decide to get engaged and they have a 90-day window. They apply for a K-1 visa and then they have a 90-day window in which they have to get married and then they can mm -hmm. start the uh, process for permanent citizenship, uh, get the green card, and then start along the path. It's been on for several seasons. This season is that's happening now, as we record this in mid-December, is particularly enthralling for a number of reasons. It's troubling. There's a couple in my home state of Wisconsin. They do not represent the home state of my, my home state of Wisconsin very well. Um, but it is a study in, you know, I'm not from the South, but I've lived here now for three years. Harvey, you're from the South, and it's one of the 
best sayings in the in, in the southern lexicon because it means so much, which is "Oh, bless her heart." I knew that's where you were going. <laughs> it is essentially a whole show of saying, "Oh, bless their hearts." Mm. Um, there is a there is a couple on this on this season that uh, apparently doesn't understand the concept of birth control. Um, mm. and it's, that's, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Cause I know that you're all going to tune in. Uh, but there's just a number of things that occur where you're just sort of left dumbfounded and you don't understand the thought process of people and such. And I've talked about it too long, but, um, it is a source of endless fascination and wonder and joy. And I highly recommend it. 90 day fiance. All right. Um, before I get into my recommendation, which is similar but different um, in that it is something that uh, brings me joy. And uh, you're going to say is your hard. kids. You're going to say your kids, is, aren't you? And no, make, no, make, no. make me look shallow and vapid. No, these are. This is something that doesn't involve my kids, which is why it brings <laughs> me joy. Um, no, my kids bring me joy, but this is just a different kind. Um, but before I get into that, I do want to say I, I saw two in the last. Um, month two fantastic um live shows live show experiences and um and both sort of similar in that they were um uh individual artists playing um sort of stripped down solo with slight accompaniment you know as opposed to their general their normal um uh scenario which is a full electric band and so that was uh first was uh jim james on his little solo tour that he did um and and then last saturday we went and saw jason isbell uh on his uh acoustic tour which was with um sadler raiden and amanda shires and um they were both just awesome um jim just sort of touched on all of the you know he played my morning jacket hits he did some a lot of his solo stuff he did some deep cuts he did some covers i mean it was mellow and psychedelic and rocking and sort of all in one which is awesome and then um and then jason just showed why he is you know most likely our generation's greatest songwriter and just, it was almost, it wasn't quite, but it was sort of similar to like a storytellers type thing where he really, he talked not between every song, but probably every other song he would, you know, tell a story or a joke or whatever. And it, it all seemed very natural and comfortable. And it was cool to, um, to hear him in, in that place, especially, uh, you know, Amanda Shires did a lot of, really cool stuff on the violin sort of ambient type ambiance type playing to uh, layer textures in on, on these solo acoustic stripped down songs, but it was a great set. I enjoyed that tremendously. So two great shows. Nice. Aside from that, my, my, uh, my recommendation is um, something that I have, um, uh, taken a part of i guess uh, on and off since i was i think the first time i um experienced this was when i was um nine years old maybe 
And uh, it was something I shared with my dad. It was something I shared with some friends in high school, a love of this, and then even did it through college and took a little bit of a break. Um, just, you know, got into different stuff and then came back and, um, you know, sort of revisited it again and then stopped when we had kids because it just was like, it was one of those things, you know, you have a kid and then it's like, you have to, there's hobbies are no longer, you know, you got to pick, you know, prioritize. Right. And so kind of fell apart, fell away. And then just recently, like a month ago, I was like, you know, we're starting to have a little more time. The kids are going to sleep. I've got a little bit of time at night. And, um, and that is, uh, stratomatic baseball. And it is a, if you're not familiar, it is a board game that one plays with dice and cards. And, uh, essentially every player in baseball has their own, uh, card that has, uh, values and you roll the dice and there's a random result and uh you you know you each team uh, you know each player on the team has a card you you make batting orders and pitchers and you do the strategy and you you play a game you roll a dice for each or you know roll the dice for each play essentially and then get the results from there you know and if, if you play an entire season the statistics should come pretty close to real life and they you know they're based on real things so I dusted it off like a month ago and I was like, you know, I just, let's see if this is something that still scratches this itch, right? Like if I still can enjoy spending 30 minutes, you know, holding these cards and rolling this dice by myself. And, um, it was like, I was so happy after I was done. I couldn't even like put my finger on what it was. It was just like, it brought me, I guess, back to my happy place. I don't know how to say it other than, I mean, that's so corny to say, but it really just did. It was like all of my, you know, it just was, it was like putting on a comfortable pair of shoes, you know, whatever analogy you want to use. That was the kind of thing that it was. And, um, so I have since, it's not an every night thing, but probably three nights a week, I will sit down and play a game at the end of the night. And, um, it's been, uh, it's been a, uh, it's been a pleasure and we'll see how long it lasts. I don't know if I'll be able to keep up with it or not, but, um, but it's been fun. So if you've never, if you've heard of Stratomatic baseball or if you've ever played it, then I encourage you to pick it back up. If you're not playing it, if you've never heard of it, then if you're into baseball, if you're into statistics or keep, you know, strategy, things like that, um, it's really, it's really cool. And, um, I'm looking forward to, I'm hoping that this is something that, that one or both of my, my boys might get into. And that was something that I played with my dad a lot. And, uh, it's cool to be able to play a game and have it be fun and not have it involve buttons or screens or things like that. So anyway, that's my recommendation this year. Nice. That's a good one. You, that's not, you never played Stratomatic. No, right? it seems like something I would have enjoyed, but since mm. I spent most of, most of my childhood, like basically doing that, making up uh, sports related things, I did not write. I did not do creative writing. I did creative sports sports making up stuff making I mean, up that's, games and doing statistics so right up your i mean right yeah. up your alley right because you can like create you know leagues of teams with different from different eras or you can just 
it's do what if scenarios or replay playoffs and you know it's basically what i was doing i was making yeah. up uh making up my own professional basketball leagues uh right. and such so yes uh to be an only child in the 1980s and 90s <laughs> all right so i think that covers that what uh what's what's the uh, you know the folks have made it sick going on 15 minutes now listening to us <laughs> assuming they want to hear some music this week what um what's what's the thought process behind the this week's uh so it was a it's a year in review sort of it's more of like the outtakes and bonus tracks the stuff that didn't make the album uh of 2018 so either episodes we didn't end up doing which are what my, my picks are from or just shows that we heard that we really liked and couldn't find a good spot to fit them or just stuff that didn't make the cut on a particular episode because we had a ton of other good content so and all the stuff's really good i think everybody's gonna like it so i guess we'll yeah. just call it the uh the bonus tracks for 2018 oh, and, um, that's good yeah and we'll uh we'll go we'll go from there so we're gonna Harvey's going to start us off with his two picks and then I'll follow up with my two. And then we probably won't do too much talking after this because the selections are pretty long. (laughs) They are. And they're fantastic. I have really enjoyed. um, I mean, I picked mine out, you know, they had been, like you said, well, the, the first one was something that I've been familiar with for a long time. And I don't know that there was ever an occasion to, to play it. And that is, um, June 26, 1996, which is the second of two nights at Tipitina's in New Orleans in the summer of 96, which is a fantastic tour. It's right at the very end and um, sort of epic mythical nights at, uh, at Tipitina's. And, um, and part of what brought this to me was the news of the, the sale of Tipitina's in the last month to the band Galactic. Um and which I think is really exciting. I mean, I don't yeah. know a whole lot about it, but I think nothing, you know, it seems like a good, good. Well, they're not going to wreck. They're not going to wreck it, you know, right. or sell it. You know, I mean, they're going to try to uh, try to put retail residential. <laughs> right. So yeah, so that's I'm excited about that, and so that sort of got me onto the oh, well, maybe I should pick a tips uh, section, and so. Um, that that's hard to choose from in a lot of ways the night the first night is like the one that a lot of people talk about because there's a fantastic stretch in the second set of a you know well the second set is ain't life grand greta hatfield airplane into blight into henry parsons died and then stagga lee into another one bites the dust into space wrangler <laughs> which is pretty pretty stellar second set and that comes after a first set with a love tractor opener and a worry and a do what you like so that first night is pretty crazy and then the second night is like you know you could almost argue that the playing in the second set is better on the second night which is crazy to think so that's the the choice that i made was a section from the middle of the second set of that june 26th show and then um after that is a bit from uh, Paris 98. And we did an episode back. Uh, two episodes. We did do, yeah, two episodes back in March because there were 10 shows. We did one on each week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Spencer joined us and um, 
some great playing that you know it was really cool digging into those shows and um this was a segment that i had sort of highlighted and it just didn't fit in i don't know if it was because we had played some songs you know like there were some repeats or or maybe there's just some other stuff that night that we chose instead but um this is the post drums portion of march 18th 98 and um I think you, I think you hear some of because this was the FM broadcast. I think you hear some some Parisian DJ talk, uh, which is it's a widespread panic um, <laughs> from the Chesterfield, and uh, so that's sort of a bonus little bit. So those are the two things that that I picked, and um, so yeah, one was a uh, newsworthy, and the other was just a cutting room floor that I wanted to to share. So. Um, We'll play those and come back and talk a little bit and then uh, get into Jeff's stuff. So anything you want to add before we get to the music? No, I mean, uh, it's it's crazy to think that we didn't play anything from Tips 96. I feel like we, we did. We played something at some point. I don't know. I should have uh, reviewed. But and then it's uh, like, well, how did we skip this from the Chesterfield? Because this is really good. But yeah, we so we uh, let's see. I'm going to pull up the master spreadsheet so from the chesterfield we played the ended stone me love tractor just kiss my baby from this which, show yeah from that show and i think that was some let's see where was that uh yeah that was mid second set so that was actually right leading into drums and i think there was some really cool stuff there like the stone me maybe start off like jb and sunny or something i forget mm-hmm. but um and then let me see if we had done anything from that uh, tips run. We did huh, we did the smoke and burn happy wondering from the first set, which was in the uh, whatever happened to episode. So uh, not yeah. exactly the highlight of the of the two night run. I mean, it's a good it's a good segment, but um, lots of other highlights. I'm sure we'll get back to this run again. But um, this this piece that I picked was just one that I want to get out there. So, um, all right, well, let's get, uh, let's get to, uh, to Tipitina's in new Orleans, June 26, 1996. It was, uh, you know, I think 95 degrees and 145% humidity inside of tips. And if you were ever at tips, uh, in the mid nineties, you would know that there was no air conditioning, in that place. So, uh, it was a sweaty joint for sure at a sold out panic show in the middle of, in the end of June in New Orleans. So, uh, you could hear, you could hear the heat on the tapes. This is 
C'est toujours WFM en direct du Chesterfield Café avec un. Là, on peut dire que c'est un événement, le concert de Wallace Street Panic. Il joue depuis un peu plus de, de deux heures. Le dernier morceau a commencé il y a environ 40 minutes. C'est derrière que là, on, a, on assiste quand même à un concert acide, comme dans les grandes heures du rock californien dans les années 60-70. C'est l'un des derniers groupes comme ça, avec, euh, avec leurs fans, leur following, qui les a suivis jusqu'ici au Chesterfield Café. Il y a entre, je sais pas, 150 et 200 fans américains qui sont là, qui dansent dans une atmosphère totalement surchauffée et les musiciens sont exceptionnels. Tout est improvisé. Ils ont quelques thèmes comme ça. Le groupe s'appelle One Esprit Panic. C'est en direct sur UFM. On ne peut pas couper. C'est impossible. On continue.
right, you just heard two segments. First, 626-1996 from Tipitina's in New Orleans, Louisiana. Diner into Pusherman into Help Me Somebody. And then 318-98 from the Chesterfield Cafe in Paris, France. You heard a jam out of drums into Space Wrangler into Papa's Home. And then Port Song into Henry Parsons Died. Um, a couple things that stuck out to, to me in this, um, the, it's interesting on the everyday companion on the, the Tipitina set, they've got, um, diner into jam and to push your man into jam <laughs> to help mm-hmm. me somebody. And then after that maggot brain into jam and to port song, um, <laughs> you know, which is, you know, those guys are usually pretty conservative with that stuff. And I mean, I think I'm, I'm not going to argue it, but you know, I mean, I guess they were self-contained, but you know, they were mostly just stretching out diner and pusher man, which, which is cool. I'm never going to complain about that, but, um, it was, uh, but that's some, some really good playing. I mean, the diner, I mean, both of the diner and the pusher man, just, just relentless. You know what I mean? They just don't stop. And that's what those jam segments are. Just really cool explorations of themes. Uh, 2018 was the year of diner on this uh, podcast. I feel like we've probably we played a lot of diners and we played a lot yeah. of good ones. And I feel like we could just keep playing good diners for as long as we keep doing this because there seems to be mm-hmm. a ton of them. Um, it's the uh, yeah, it's 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 something else. And this one's this one's a great one. And yeah, this the the jam the jam into Pusher Man and then the. Uh, extended pusher man and help me somebody just a fun selection of songs that don't usually go together. Um, it's good stuff. The, um, I think the three, and I haven't updated our, our spreadsheet in a while, but the three, you know, about a month ago, the three most, uh, most played songs on the podcast were driving song, chili water and diner. So, mm-hmm. I think maybe chili water first and driving some then diner, which ah, I'm good with. I'm cool. I think that's good. Yep. <laughs> keep that, keep that string going <laughs> three, uh, three, one seeds as far as panic songs go. I think uh, we um, need to get back to get, need to get back to our, uh, what we were working on like back in, I don't know, seemingly sometime in like 2014, uh, our openers and closers, uh, draft yeah ranking yeah we did the openers we gotta do our closers so um and then uh the the chesterfield set um the the thing that really stuck out to me besides like all the playing being fantastic is this jam out of drums into space wrangler which is um you know sort of like a space wrangler jam you know and um they have it just labeled as jam on on uh, everyday companion but it's just sort of jamming on that theme that sort of space wrangler intro theme um which is really cool and mellow and and uh i dig it a lot and then the the space wrangler itself like this uh, on panic streams about 12 minutes long and it builds and it finishes the song <clears throat> but then they carry it into papa's home uh-huh. And the in the jam into Papa's home, they Mikey's playing like the main space wrangler riff again, which is kind of cool. It's a sort of circular thing where uh-huh. they play back uh-huh. to the beginning of the song, and it's kind of a I've not heard. I don't think I'd ever heard that before. Yeah, uh, that was a kind of a neat little addition. 
Yeah, and that sort of you know sort of refreshes my mind from that that stretch where we were doing with those two episodes was they you know I don't know that it's there were parallels between that and sit and ski because they really were doing some some uh, creative exploration right you know I mean they were trying to figure out new ways to do things and uh, I think that's a good example of it that space wrangler. All right, so should I move on to my picks? Yeah. Okay. So this is from, this is, these are, both of these picks are from an aborted episode, which was going to be the second half of the Travel and Light Tour. We did an episode back in late May, early June about traveling, first first segment of the Travel and Light Tour out west of Sandwiches. And uh, we put together at least one more episode, if not two episodes of Traveling Light just for 20 years. And we just never got to them because we got busy doing other stuff. Well, I think Another that was, we. Um, I think that's when we did, uh, was that when we had Sam? I think that was maybe when we had Sam come on. Oh yeah, because it was in the summer and the lightning storm and the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yes, and then we had, awesome. yeah, no. So what it was, was we had, and then you went to Memphis and then we had Sam on and that was just like, it's sort of, you know, yes. leading up to Nashville, it just kind of sidetracked us on the. Um, um, so I decided to bring back two of my favorite picks from one of those episodes, and I chose uh, July 26, 1998 from Jackson, Mississippi, and July 28th from Tampa, Florida, um, an outdoor show and then an indoor show. This is the indoor show from the Sun Dome. And it sort of hits on, uh, the second show sort of hits on some themes that we've talked about before. Um, we could talk about Carrot Top since he sits in on this show because it is in Tampa and he, uh, um, Carrot Top always shows up at the Tampa shows. <laughs> and then it also has our, the, 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 the indicator that you're in for something special. Galleon shows up mm. in this set list too, albeit in a somewhat of a suspect place. Uh, it's, well, actually, no, it's in between worry and walking. So I thought it was dying man, a Jace which we would want to avoid whenever possible. Um, but I think we've got two picks here and we'll talk a little about them on the back end. So we have post drums from July 26, 1998. And then a segment, the basically the back half of the entire one set show uh, from July 28th, kicking off with Roberta. So let's get it started. Catch your train, your heroes 
Well, I got so excited about this segment that I almost dropped my phone in my in my liquor drink. So, but <laughs> crisis averted, everybody. We're okay. Everybody's okay. Drink not spilled. Phone not destroyed. All is good. So, cool. first segment, uh, July 26, 1998, from One Jackson Place in Jackson, Mississippi, Travel and Light Tour, coming out of a, an absurdly long, overly long drums. We've got Wish You Were Here, Into Ophelia, and then Proving Ground, Big Willie Mammoth, Proving Ground. And then the second selection from the next show, two nights later, July 28th, 1998, from the Sun Dome at the University of South Florida uh, in Tampa, Florida. Roberta into Tie Your Shoes, into Papa's Home. I think we're skipping the drums. Into Dream Song, back into Papa's Home, back into Tie Your Shoes, and into Impossible. Um, Fond memories of the first show. Not that I was there, but just because of getting that tape in the mail. I think I've talked about Mm -hmm. that before. Uh, But just getting that tape in the mail and seeing the set list, and it was sort of a what moment. Uh, coming out of Wish You Were Here, or coming out, Wish You Were Here, coming out of drums. Um, the thing I like both of both like about both these selections are the sort of the the slow songs coming out of drums uh, with Wish You Were Here and and Dream Song. I really enjoy that. Great Ophelia, a nasty proving ground sandwich, as you might expect, keeping with the sandwiches theme for Travel and Light Tour, and then the monstrous sandwich from the Tampa show. Uh, tie your shoes, Papa's, um, and then a drums and a dream song sandwich in between there. Um, just Papa's home again is another song that I feel like I've it, I've had a I've experienced a renaissance with Papa's home in the last few mm. months, but mm-hmm. I'm still have the in the firm unsplit camp. Yeah, um, but I'm okay with the split as long as there's something that comes after it. And I know we've complained about that uh, in the past, but this is a great way to end a set and again it just sort of just keeps going and you'd think it would wind up at papa's nope it goes back into tie your shoes and then it uh closes with impossible which is a great set closer so all in all two strong selections i think yeah you know it's interesting is like you hit on a couple things that that jogged my memories that i had sort of forgotten about which is fitting in this year-end episode is one the the sandwiches in the traveling light tour i'd forgotten about that episode and the you know uh the variety of sandwiches from that tour and we you have two more great examples in this episode and then and then the the split papa's and it, it never i mean i still i still love an unsplit papa's it's just it's so good, but I, I don't think I had ever really put my finger on the the fact that the the back end of the Papas was often like a post drums closer, which just wasn't cutting it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you, they fixed that in this epi- in this show. <laughs> you know, they they came out of Papas with Tire Shoes Impossible, which is a great. Uh, exclamation point at the end of that papa sandwich so uh i think you're you totally nailed it that if you're gonna split a a papa's the way to to make it right is to to follow it up with with some heat like they did here um so so that was cool and then the other thing i just wanted to mention about that uh that jackson there's i think there's like some really interesting stuff at this jackson mississippi show i like you remember 
one, seeing that set list and being like, holy crap. And then two, getting the tape. I think actually this was one of the first shows I got on CD. Ooh, um, yeah, C- CD, you know, dash R. Maybe it was a CD plus R. I'm not sure. But, um, and now going back and listening to it, it's like, wish you were here. Ophelia is not like such a big deal anymore, but like then uh-huh. it was like, holy shit. Like that, you know, cause that, that new year's, uh, you know, history set uh-huh. was like the bust outs of both those songs. And we didn't know that they were going to stick around, you know, and they obviously both are now well into the rotation, but at this point it had been 66 shows and, you know, they'd gone to Europe, they'd done this big, tour and none of them neither of them had showed up and then here they show up and back to back you know which is pretty cool Mm -hmm. and then uh and then obviously the other thing that sticks out is the uh the appearance of uh friend of the band george mcconnell in the encore you know which was was again like a cool uh you know rarity back then (laughs) now maybe not so much i mean still cool but not you know it's not it wasn't like a special guest because obviously, you know, George, big part of the band in in, uh, in the early aughts. But um, I hope George got anyway. paid. I hope George got paid well for his time in Whitesford Panic. Maybe I, I hope so too. And I, I, I hope <laughs> that, I, I feel like he's getting it. He and we don't do very much of it, but I just feel like he gets an unfair and needless amount of guff <laughs> for, yeah. for just being in this band. <laughs> well. And I mean, I think we should probably at some point need to, you know, spend some time with that. I don't know that that I'm ready for that. But I've been pushing for this for a year and you're just finally admitting it at the end of 2018. Then you go ahead, Jeff. You put it. You put the list together. (laughs) You program the the episode. I will be glad to to go along anytime you want. But um the thing though that I was just going to touch on that that era is that um, you know in in George's defense um, you know I I think that there was I don't know that the band was at their best in that era either you know what I mean like and so yeah. to lay it all on him um, is is unfair you know because obviously they were going through a lot emotionally and uh, just lost their brother and so. Uh, I've always understood finishing out 2002 because they likely mm-hmm. had commitments and, mm-hmm. and you want to show that you're, you know, that you're not thrown in the towel, right? Or you you're giving up, but, the towel, you can do it. but they should have taken 2003 off and maybe yeah. 2004, both years. Right. They should have taken 03 off. Um, you know, it always killed me that the Almond brothers, you know, Dwayne died October 29th, 1971, and they played a show on November 22nd, 2000, or 1971, like a little over three weeks later. And that's like not just losing a member of the band. That's like losing the member of the band, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that started mm-hmm. the whole thing. And I've all, it's always, I've always been sort of in awe of that because they had to figure out what to do without him and sort of the, the ghost of, of, of Dwayne. But I think that was one of the mistakes that that band made was that they never got off the road. You know, mm-hmm. they just they they didn't after they finished those shows, sure, which they had committed, but then they jumped right back on the road in early '72 and like they just kept going and they never quit. And I think that they never really got over it. You know, I don't think it took forever for well, you never get over the loss of a brother, obviously for Greg, but I don't think Dickie ever got over it. I mean, 
our friend Bob, who you met, I mean, thinks that that's one of the reasons why Dickie became the way that he was, was because he just never mm-hmm. dealt with Dwayne's death in a healthy way. So mm-hmm. again, I think there's, you know, you can argue two sides of it. You could say, of course they did it because that's all they knew, but it's just, I agree. Basically, it's a long way of me saying, I agree with you. They were not at their best and it showed. And I think George gets unfairly blamed for that. There you go. All right. Well, we don't have to do the episode now. We just we just solved it. We're gonna do a whole month of joy. <laughs> oh, it'll man. be our highest rated month ever. I just know it. Mm-hmm. I know it will be. Mm-hmm. So, um, I hope everybody's been keeping up with the bowl with 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 the bowl games. Some of our our picks for the useless bowl matchups. Um, oh, we've, already, yeah. we've already had the Camellia Bowl, the barn burner between Georgia Southern and Eastern Michigan. Okay. Uh, we had the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, uh, sure. absolute, uh, knocked off uh, MTSU. Um, I, th- I don't, and I don't know, I think those are that's two of the four. I don't think we've had the others yet. Uh, we haven't had the famous Idaho Potato Bowl yet, uh-huh. uh, but I'm you know, we'll be there soon. It's 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 bowl season. I think we got a couple barn burners coming up again this week, so um, yeah, so stay tuned. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining us um, in our sort of uh, what did you call it? Bonus tracks. Bonus tracks from from uh, 2018. And um, appreciate your patience as we took a few weeks off. Um, and um, you know, get back to it. I hope everybody has a very um, happy holidays, however you choose to celebrate them, and uh, hopefully you do it with family and safely. And um, and then we'll be back. Uh, we're gonna we got another episode we're gonna do uh, on uh, on some Fox Theater stuff, and we'll have that out before uh, before New Year's. And um, I hope everybody that's going to the Fox has a great time, and I hope the shows are fantastic, and I hope you're everybody's safe and smart there too. So um, I don't. I'm guessing you're not going, Jeff. Is that no? I know, I know you're a game time decision on that, but. What are you doing for New Year's? What's your big? I think we'll do what we've done the last few years, which is uh, tell, tell your son that nine o'clock is yes. midnight, and then yep. go over to a friend's house and uh, wait for put them to bed early and convince them that it's uh, the countdown, and then stay up until try to stay up till midnight, and then eventually fall asleep in one of their chairs, and then have my wife drive me home. That's that sounds pretty good. Yeah. How about you? Um. I don't know. Uh, my mom's coming to visit for, should be here for Christmas and going to stay through New Year's. So, um, yeah, so we might go out and do something. I think last year we went and saw the Wooks on New Year's Eve, which was fun. And, um, so I don't know if there's a show around or we'll just go, you know, have some beverages or what, but, um, yeah, we'll do something. So, um, All right. Well, thanks, everybody, again for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com.
Oh 